Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. I have with me Pastor Phil Moran and Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen in the studio. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing much better than Josh is. Uh, yeah. Josh is home ill, but uh, we've we've sort of, we've managed through the colds and not gotten the same ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, several weeks ago, I had my daughter come home from college um, sick, and then proceeded to give the entire house what she had, and insists that <laughs> what nice. she came home with was not contagious. So she doesn't know how we got sick because what she had wasn't contagious. Wasn't, yeah, of course not. Yeah. So yes. So apparently they're not teaching logic in college. <laughs> Lots of other things, but not logic. Um, we have been just doing some shows on pastoral ministry. Um, hopefully, just to let you get to know a little bit of of where we're at as as ministers, as pastors, and. Um, some of the background of preparation, but also uh, moving forward, um, what does pastoral ministry look like in the nuts and bolts everyday um, aspect of it? Um, we had just been talking uh, the last bit about seminary training, um, but seminary is not an end all. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much that we need to learn that happens outside of, of seminary. Um, we were talking off air that um, seminary is not an end. Um, right. There are so many unfortunate um men that have come out of seminary that because they have a degree then conclude that they know everything and they come into churches and tell everybody how much they know and and correct all of the bad things that are going on in the church and do a a ton of damage so hopefully you don't hear us saying that Um, that's not Mm -hmm. what we we believe or feel Um, but outside of seminary what's what's been the most helpful with regard to preparation for ministry um, doing ministry, and I, and I would uh, offer counsel to anyone who maybe maybe is sensing a call into ministry or a, a call uh, from God to to go to seminary. Um, start doing ministry. Uh, volunteer in your church. Minister to others. Actually, doing ministry is the best preparation for ministry. Um, I, uh, from the time I graduated from high school, I was, uh, helping out in the youth group of, of my home church. And I mentioned in an earlier show, uh, that I went to my pastor for some, uh, advice. I said, what does it mean to be called into ministry? And he said, well, Phil, every Christian is called, uh, there is one calling, take up your cross and follow me. Uh, within that, there are many different worthy vocations that the Lord might call you into and g- gift you for. And if it's going to be ministry, uh, start. He's, he said, if it's going to be ministry, start doing it now. Uh, and uh, God's not going to call you into something that you don't like. 
uh, if if it, if you're gifted and you're called into it, and he said, and I think you are gifted, and uh, so start doing ministry now. And uh, I I worked in churches uh, all through seminary, uh, you know, part time, mm-hmm. and uh, all, that experience mm-hmm. was uh, every bit as valuable as the classroom learning and perhaps more more valuable. When I used to teach history, I would tell my students that you get wisdom from your own experience or you get wisdom from the experiences of others. Mm-hmm. And so um, part of what I was saying was that the reason why we study history is that gives us uh, a wealth of experience and knowledge from other people's lives that we can translate, hopefully, into wisdom in our own. And I would say the same thing goes is true for pastoral ministry or whatever career um, vocation that you are in, that what helps me in ministry is doing ministry with my eyes wide open, um, watching other men that are either successful or not successful in ministry, mm-hmm. um, that are serving well or not serving well, and learning from either the the positive things they're doing or the negative things. I I mean, I try to um, have a biography going in my life that I'm reading, um, dealing with men that have served over the years or currently serving, um, so I can learn from them, good or bad. Well, I Mm -hmm. think that reading a good Christian biography for anybody, you know, has uh, the value, one, uh, inspiring you, but also humbling you. Um, I, I think one of the things that helped me a great deal, uh, you know, in preparing for ministry was, uh, you know, I, I have the privilege of being a pastor's son and you know, seeing it firsthand, seeing it on a regular daily basis. You and, got to you got to watch the sausage being made. Yes, and, and, and sometimes it was the sausage being made. Sometimes it was the things that you didn't want to see. Uh-huh. And experience and and know about, but it also, um, you know, it took like rose colored glasses off the idea of of ministry. It under you you understood why uh, Paul uh, asked for prayer for himself, and uh, you you understood why Paul you know described some of the uh, trials and things that he went through, and you realize if you know with. If they hated Christ, they're going to hate his servant too. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but I think that ultimately, you know, having a mentor, uh, having mentors, I can still remember, you know, in my high school years, there was a pastor that lived across town, and I had uh, uh, the same interest in hobby as he, he did. Uh, he was much older than I would, but I would just simply drop by, by his office, and he was always open to talk. And it was uh, one of those enjoyable things. I saw him do ministry, him do ministry as well as my own father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can still remember um, the people he ministered to. He was ministering in what you might call the other side of the tracks, mm-hmm. and uh, you know had a, a whole different um, you know congregation that he ministered to. And I just saw the love and concern for people um, that. It was very inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. So what advice or encouragement would you give to people that are thinking about pursuing pastoral ministry? Um, well, the advice that I would give, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, 
the the trend in ministerial preparation in our denomination, and I think this is a trend in other uh, other denominations as well, um, because the the trend today is away from residential seminary. Um, more and more and more uh, people are they don't want to move to uh, to go to live at a seminary for three years. And so uh, they do their uh, academic work online. Uh, and we've t- we talked in an earlier show about the, the limitations of that um, because you don't have the interaction uh, outside of class. You don't have the interaction with other students. You don't have the interaction with professors. Um, and sometimes uh, you, your online is spaced out over such a long period of time, you don't have the benefit of uh, these back-to-back, well, uh, you know, I mean, where you're just s- simply steeped in the instruction, yeah. where you, we're out of your pores, <laughs> everything is ministry. Well, the, tre- the trend in our denomination uh, is adapting to that through... Uh, an emphasis on church-based preparation for ministry. Mm-hmm. In other words, that a candidate for ministry will be planted in a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where they're going to be mentored. That's where they're going to have the interaction. They're taking their classes online, but they have an assigned mentor uh, who's uh, the, pa- the pastor or a staff member uh, of, a, of a church. And... Uh, so the, the focus uh, is not on being seminary-based, although that's a part of it, uh, but being church-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, you asked what advice uh, that I would give. Um, and uh, if you don't want to go, my, my, my first advice would be, uh, if you can, go live at the seminary for three years. Uh, because you can't replace that experience. But if you can't do that, if that doesn't fit into your life and you want to prepare for ministry, do church-based preparation. Uh, Make sure you're connected to a church and being mentored as you take your online classes. I think the advice that I would give is that seminary doesn't magically correct issues or concerns that you might have in, in your, in your life. So sometimes I've seen people who go to to seminary that have some red flags, um, that they think that something magical is going to happen in seminary. That's going to correct, um, things where they, they might not actually be qualified to serve in ministry because of biblical qualifications, but they think that they'll just go away because, well, that's what happens at seminary. Right, um, and that's not really true, and so I, I think what I would say to them is, go to godly people in your life, and be vulnerable and ask them whether they see in you those things that are are the traits that are necessary to pursue pastoral ministry, and allow people that are older and wiser and mature in the faith to speak into your life and say, okay. I think you have these things that are positive, but I do see some things that mm-hmm. would have me concerned or, or otherwise. Well, I think that's really important. And I, I remember even uh, while I was in college, you know, you, 
you um, you had to be accepted into the different um, you know like if you wanted to be in the music department and and graduate with a music degree, you had to be accepted into that program after you took your basics. They mm-hmm. had to recognize something about you. And I think it's important, like you said, to have that recognized. I mean, you may have an inward call on your life. You might feel like, I, I think I want to be a, a pastor. Uh, I want to serve in this capacity. And as you said, you need to find others. Is it affirmed by others mm-hmm. in the church? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Is it recognized by the leadership of the church? Is recognized by the people around you that you have that calling on your life um that's an important aspect of it absolutely and you know uh we are um all all three of us here all all four of us if if josh were here we're we're part of the reformed tradition Mm -hmm. um we don't we don't claim that this (laughs) this is the only branch of the church but it's our branch of the church Mm -hmm. and uh within the reformed tradition when we talk about calling, uh, there's both an internal calling and an external calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is simply not enough that you have this inner sense uh, that you're called to do, to do uh, ministry. Um, that call has to be affirmed by the community. That call has to be affirmed by a church. When I, when I started seminary uh, in the orientation they told us, just because you get a seminary degree, that doesn't mean you're going to get ordained. Well, and, that, and that's the next step. Oftentimes, for a minister, would be an ordination. And in our, you know, denomination federation, that man would be examined on coming out of seminary. Does he have those requisite skills and mm-hmm. knowledge to lead a congregation? Well, thank you for listening to Gospel for Life. Hope you can join us next time. Thank you.